I have a challenge for you this morning. I need a sustained active attention because I've got to lay out four points that might not seem to be fully related and then tie them together. And if we work this out together, it could bear good fruit. My late great mentor, who taught for over 70 years, said that teachers are like gardeners and parents. They love to watch things grow. And that's what I want to talk about is teachers, gardeners, parents, and then a fourth thing. Let's start with teachers loving to watch things grow. A friend of mine had asked me to cover for him. He was teaching at a self-identified Catholic college. And he said, I've got this survey on world religion class. I'm up to the, the Catholic part. I, I got a dental appointment. Can you just go in there for about 90 minutes and say Jesuit things? Sure. I can stand up for 90 minutes and say Jesuit things, no problem. I started my lecture and I noticed that nearly all of the students were locked into a, one screen or another. Those who didn't have screens were staring sullenly out the window and one man got up and walked out. He came back a half hour later with a big Starbucks. And at one point they interrupted my lecture and said, this is the part where you write down what I say and no one even acknowledged that I had spoken. I was cast in a lot of seeds. It did not go anywhere. So at least at that time and place, the art and craft of teaching was dead. So that's teaching. What about gardening? I have some friends who've got some really beautiful countryside property. I visit there every summer. And I said, the soil is so rich here that if you spit into the dirt, you could make stew out of it. You're not growing anything. This is criminal. And they thought about it. Now, strictly speaking, they didn't absolutely need to grow food. They could have gone to Walmart. But they decided, they said, no, we're going to plant seeds. We're going to make things grow. They're going to have a rich harvest. It was more work than they ever imagined, and they often shake their fist at the sun and curse my name. And yet, they've made things grow at their own table. They eat the food that they've grown with their own hands, with God's help, of course. And it's changed their lives. It's drawn them, to it's drawn them closer together as friends in the Lord. So now we have gardeners, gardeners who do their job very well and are not only well-fed, but are well-transformed. What about parenting? Enjoying watching things grow. Oh look, the celibate's gonna talk about parenting. Everyone take out their notebooks. I know that's what you're thinking, but hear me out. I myself grew up in a family, and I'm pretty observant about family life. Why do people have children? Not just because of the biological inevitability, but there's a choice that you make. You look your spouse in the eye and say, I love you so much that I want you to continue. I want you to continue in body and soul. With you, I want to raise citizens for heaven so that some part of you might live forever. I want the world to see what I loved the first time I looked in your eyes. I want the world to be beguiled by your smile. And all the wonderful stories we heard about our grandparents and our grandparents, the crazy story of our own romance and falling in love, 
I want to hand that on to our kids too. I want the human life and spiritual life of our life to grow. And that seems to be a very beautiful reason for people to have children. Let's think about that for a moment. Western Europe, since 1945, is an area of the world that has been living with absolutely unparalleled peace and prosperity. And since the end of the Second World War, their birth rate has gone off a cliff. They have a birth dearth. No one has children. No one has grandchildren. The few children who are born have no siblings. They have no cousins. They didn't grow up like I did in an Irish and Italian family. And in Japan, it's even worse. For every child in Japan, there are two adults over 65. All that beautiful rhapsodies I said about why it is that people want to have children because of gratitude, because of love, because of ecstasy, because of a debt to the past, because of a debt to the future, because of a desire to imitate God. And Western Europe and Japan, they said, no, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. They didn't even try to plant the seed. So now we have the example of the teacher who tried to plant the seed, Teflon, nothing. We have the gardeners who did it right, who really planted the seed and had not only a bountiful harvest, but a transformation. And then we had people with a rich heritage and culture, blessed by nature and grace with peace and prosperity, and decided to do absolutely nothing about it. They were consumers, but they were not givers. All right, so teaching, gardening, parents. What's the fourth thing? Well, the fourth thing is the gospel. Our Lord lays out, the word goes out, it lands in the soil, and then, and you could read for yourself, or better said, reread, of course, because I know you always come here prepared. Reread the gospel this afternoon. Look at all the different ways the seeds could have gone wrong. The people who tried but weren't very successful. The people who were resistant to the word. The people who couldn't be bothered. And those who reoriented their lives to receive and cultivate the word and hand it on. And the question is, which one do you want to be? Which one do you want to be? Friends, we're all running out of time. We're all running into eternity. And certainly, one of the questions we will be asked after our final moment on earth is this. Where is your harvest? Where is your harvest? Let me help you with that. 39 minutes on a Sunday, a couple bucks in God's tip jar, and then skedaddling at the first note of the final hymn does not bring about a rich harvest. It just doesn't. And God will judge me if I don't tell you that as clearly and as starkly and as bluntly as I can. 
I have to look at the scriptures today, I have to look in the mirror, and I have to look at my own conscience before God and plan out my answer to the question, where is your harvest? You will certainly be asked that question too. What are your plans for having a good answer? May God's holy name be praised now and forever.